This is Split Prism's Parallel Pictures Podcast. Every week we watch two movies, a double feature. Some are old, some are new. Some are blockbusters, while others are obscure archival relics. Our pairings are designed to put two films in conversation with one another. A conversation that will contain spoilers. I'm Jess Littman. And I'm Drew McCarter. Join us as we find meaning in the crossover. This week we're talking about the films Vengeance and I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Vengeance is a 2022 American film directed by B.J. Novak and shot by Lynn Moncrief. Ben, a jaded single white man who makes a living writing for The New Yorker, finds out that one of his past one-night stands has died in small-town Texas. He decides to solve her death and solve America by making a true crime podcast chronicling his Americana odyssey. I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore is a 2017 American film directed by Macon Blair and shot by Larkin Seipel. Ruth, a woman who's lost her faith in her fellow humans, returns home from work to a burglarized home and law enforcement that has little interest in finding the perp. With the help of her eccentric neighbor, Tony, she sets to work on retrieving her stolen property and ridding the world of delinquents, one asshole at a time. So we're talking about two films that were both made in the last five years, I think. I think I Don't Feel at Home was 2017. Mm -hmm. B.J. Novak's Vengeance was 2022. Mm-hmm. Both directorial debuts, which is neat. They're both dark comedies. Uh, each one, they, they take place in different places, but both kind of small American towns, and the police are very much not doing anything to help. Mm-hmm. And so the protagonists of each film kind of have to take things into their own hands. One is kind of revolving around a burglar, and the other is around a murder. They're both kind of um, almost have a noir-esque mm. look to them. You know, like they're not black and white and it's certainly not a classical noir. They're, they're just kind of, I feel like, not afraid of a lot of contrast in the images. Um, they're, they're both shot in the same aspect ratio. Uh, I don't feel alone, but uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore was, I think, straight to Netflix. Yep. Uh, like I think it was a Netflix production, um, and Vengeance was a pretty small uh, theatrical release, which we saw uh, a week ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, both I think kind of niche audiences. I, I think they would appeal to a lot of people. Both movies, but there's people not a just ton don't of know about it. there's not a ton of advertising about yeah. either of them. You know, it's not like this was the Gray Man for Netflix, which was all over the place. I right. feel like, and Vengeance was. Also, I feel like I, I only saw a trailer maybe in theaters. I, it's not I like I saw one. Yeah, we weren't going to the movie and getting bombarded with this trailer. Mm-hmm. Even even though I was curious about it for a while, just because it was B.J. Novak, and I remember when we watched I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore. We just kind of, I think we just kind of were like the the poster was cool. It was a cool poster yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, both of them actually have really beautiful posters, and they both Vengeance is set in Texas. And the other one is seemingly in the Northwest, though I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it seems like it. it, it it's There's no like regional, it's not about the place. Yeah, but regardless, they're, they're both like different sides of the, of the same coin of like the American small town. And both have very peculiar characters. You kind of have this even protagonist in both movies, and then they both have a sidekick who's kind of... Uh, and it, 
an eccentric, far-leaning something. You know, I, right. I don't even know. Pretty extreme. Pretty extreme in whatever yeah. their thoughts are. And and that results in both of these being really delightful, unlikely buddy mm-hmm. journeys. Yeah. And um, both of the protagonists also, in addition to being like, you know, the grounded ones, um, they both kind of enter the story with conceptions about the world, opinions, ideas, um, that things are a certain way, and then you see them change so drastically, their behavior, the way that they operate in the world, and their relationship to other people. I feel like in Vengeance, he's just really disillusioned. Mm-hmm. And he is pretty detached, and he also goes into the small town in Texas with the preconceived notions that these people are going to be uh, adversary to him and his opinions and his big city lifestyle, and he is able to kind of like transform within that so that that proves to not be true. And I feel like in I Don't Feel at Home, Melanie Linsky's character, she goes in with the preconception that like everyone's an asshole. Right. Yeah. She says that multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. Everyone's an asshole. And she is disillusioned in a very different way. It's not society. It's not dating. It's not a, a, a specific detachment from what's going on. It is more that she cares and she feels like no one else does. Mm-hmm. And she just takes it from people, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel... Uh, very, very much agree about them both, both being disillusioned, and they're both movies. Uh, B.J. Novak, obviously, stars, writes, and directed mm-hmm. *Vengeance*. Uh, whereas um, the star of the other film, uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, is just, she's the actor, but both in both movies, the scripts very much feel like the writers are. Uh, they're both very very philosophical movies and I feel like they're really pondering a lot of kind of deep thoughts that I think almost every other line, especially in Vengeance, but still in, I feel like every other scene in the other film, there are lines that just put, give you a perspective that you've never really had before about something e- even as simple as everybody being assholes or um, singing for the first time or singing on record for Mm -hmm. the first time you know and uh sometimes they feel kind of stupidly deep in vengeance which is interesting but at the same time uh, they really do make you think Mm -hmm. and uh, i think the same goes for the other the other film i'm just going to call it the other film because you can call it i don't feel at home i don't feel at home i'll call it that yeah i i feel like they're both almost vehicles for and this is i'm sure selling them short. I mean, they're, they're really fascinating, interesting stories, but I, I almost feel like the movies and the plots are almost vehicles for these really interesting ideas that the screenwriter has. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of just writing a monologue uh, with all of these thoughts, they kind of sprinkle them in throughout both movies. And so you're kind of being fed this interesting story, mm-hmm. nothing like insane. They're, they're pretty simple stories, but you get these really thought-provoking ideas constantly throughout both movies, which is um, interesting. 
And Agreed. It, and an another parallel is kind of a different tangent, but uh, they both seem kind of like lower budget indie films. You know, they're not like micro budget things, but they're certainly not uh, big studio projects either. They both seem like mid to lower budget things. They both got pretty good reviews. Yeah, they're just very much kind of playing in the same ballpark, I feel like. Mm -hmm. They're definitely dealing with different things, right? I mean, Vengeance very clearly is dealing with the extremely popular phenomenon of true crime podcasts mm -hmm. and shows. I'm, I think it's kind of tackling all true crime, yeah. true crime media and the, the rise of that genre in the last like 20 years, like uh, wanting to know all the details on how it happened. Right. Yeah. Right. First of all, it's just interesting to examine why something gets popular. I mean, the, the character, the BJ Novak character, when he has the idea, he's like, this is it. This is the money because true crime is hot right now. And, and the his friend who's played by Issa Rae is, uh, she's like, it's a dead white girl. And like that whole concept of knowing that it's a money-making machine mm -hmm. because it's so popular. Yeah. Um, and then what it does within the activity of podcasting, the genre of true crime, and then looking at truly the correct, the correctly analyzed patterns of what happens after a true crime story comes out. Um, I feel like it is. It, I don't know if you could call it satire, but it is in that like genre of of uh, drawing attention to something with a critical eye. Sure, yeah. You know, and I think it does it really well. And then in I Don't Feel at Home, we're, it's, I think it's less specifically targeted. It's a broader concept mm -hmm. of, of what it feels like to uh, have your things stolen, how, I mean, money, politics, I guess, are yeah. part of it. Did you have something yeah, to pitch you just now? Uh, something that I think kind of goes along with that is, yeah, I mean, and you touched on it already a little bit, but in Vengeance, B.J. Novak is trying to solve America, almost, <laughs> you know. He, <laughs> uh -huh. he, like, kind of says that a few times. Right. Like, he's trying to solve it. From his New York apartment. <laughs> From his New York apartment with this podcast. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to be, like, this kind of white savior. Um, and may maybe that's a little far. But mm. Melanie Linsky in I Don't Feel at Home isn't trying to solve something. She's not trying to solve America, but she is trying to, like, keep everyone from being assholes, mm -hmm. which is another of those things that's, like... Yes, it's of big. course. I, I wish I could solve America, and I wish I could make everyone not an asshole, but it's just, there are things that are never going to be figured out, um, but sometimes we think we can, or, you know, like, if, oh, if we just did this, this, and this, then that would really solve it. And, mm -hmm. um, and so there are these two kind of plain, boring characters that are thrown into these crazy odysseys and think through this odyssey they're going to solve these... Uh, huge problems that involve everyone, mm -hmm. um, all classes of people. Um, but also, I, I think there's something to be said for uh, kind of the uh, catalyst of vengeance is this dead white girl. Mm -hmm. um, and she comes from a seemingly good family, though certainly flawed, but like a healthy family, whereas mm -hmm. kind of the catalyst in I Don't Feel at Home is this uh, white man who's not 
killed, but he comes from this family, or he's not dead at the beginning, but he comes from this, kind of, I just feel like they're both kind of these sob stories you hear about white Americans of like, oh, she, she died and it, it was so tragic and um, it was a drug overdose. Um, and also then you have, and, and I don't she, feel- She was like on her way to her dreams. Right, and she was- She just moved to New York City. Right, yeah. everything was going right and then she had it all taken from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the other movie you have, and in I Don't Feel at Home, you have this white kid who comes from this extremely wealthy family mm-hmm. and was given every opportunity yet still turns it all away and turns to drugs. Mm-hmm. And um, another kind of sob story that I feel like we all know someone who, uh, that's happened to or it was a story in our town growing up Mm -hmm. they're both very uh, I don't know if I can say international uh, problems but they're definitely both American things Um, that's interesting yeah and so you have these these young adults who kind of really kick everything off and because it's like you do feel bad but at the same time it's like I feel like there's something to be said that it's like white white people's problems (laughs) at the Uh center of both of these stories yeah um, which I, I'm a white person, so right. I think my problems are very important, of course. <laughs> but uh, I feel like so often people are like, yeah, white people have problems, but they're like compared to other problems, they're really not uh, that big. And I can't help but thinking that ties in somehow to what are America's, how do we solve America? Mm-hmm. Um, at the very beginning of Vengeance, he's talking. B.J. Novak's talking to Isa Ray, and it's a white man talking to a black woman, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I think I know how to solve America." And I was like, "Oh, he's going to say we need to figure out race. That's right. that's the big problem." Which right. I was going to be like, "This is so funny," but he didn't end up saying that. Um, which I kind of felt like it's interesting that this white man is explaining to this black woman how they're how we're going to solve America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't feel at home. Everyone's an asshole. It's also like, I don't know. America's like the place to be, but everyone's kind of an asshole, you know? Yeah. We're all out for ourselves. Yeah. So going back to the kind of like initiatory people though, um, the characters in each each book, book, each movie, mm-hmm. um, in Vengeance, we don't we don't really know why uh, the the girl who died, I don't remember her name, um, turned to drugs like Mm -hmm. people kind of posit throughout the movie uh this reason or that reason ultimately we do learn that there's someone facilitating her kind of plunge into that world right Mm -hmm. uh in i don't feel at home i think that there is something that is specifically different about that um character Chris, I think his name is. Is that it? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's just It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. The, the blonde guy. Yes. I, I just think that the treatment of the char- those two characters are different or like very interestingly different because obviously one is like the antagonist of the story and mm-hmm. one is kind of just the undercurrent of the story. Yes. But um, she is dead the whole time. So like the only time we actually see her alive is in the opening sequence where she's literally dying. Um, crawling on the ground. And you really like don't you know. Don't You're see like, her. this is just somebody. You don't yeah. know who she is at that point. Right. And so the only time that you see her throughout the movie or hear about her is usually with reverence. You see videos, you hear songs. Um, it, it's very much like she was a great person and it's tragic that she died. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And uh, in I Don't Feel at Home, he 
even though he has this sob story, his the, the fall from grace, the involvement with drugs mm-hmm. and jail time and violence right. and burglary, the first thing that we see this character doing is shitting in the tank of a toilet, which is such a clear way to say this is an irredeemably awful person. Right. Right? <laughs> like we don't need to know what caused him to quote fall from grace into that American tragedy narrative because it doesn't matter because he's an awful person mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially is what I feel like the movie's saying yeah. with that scene that like maybe no one facilitated it. Maybe he just truly did get himself into this and he's terrible. I think that's interesting because in kind of an opposite of the two movies, you're given the the son of I don't feel at home is from the get-go, he's he's stealing things from the protagonist, he's shitting in uh, the tanks of toilets, he's an asshole. And then they kind of try to like, they don't try to redeem him, but they let you know why he is the way he is. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, so he's kind of, in the lowest point and then they kind of try to bring him out of that pit a little bit Mm -hmm. um whereas in vengeance she starts as this angelic like she was gonna uh be the next taylor swift or something you know she was she was really doing it Uh uh, she never did drugs she would she maybe did an advil or something they keep saying she wouldn't even she wouldn't even take an advil yeah Yeah. and she's just this like martyr pedestal and then but by the end then you find out she is kind of brought down to uh, humanity, mm-hmm. like she, she's not this angelic, otherworldly creature. She's a person who had flaws and problems, mm-hmm. and uh, had drug had a drug overdose. No mm-hmm. one murdered her, right? Um, really, right? Uh, someone kind of facilitated the drugs, but um, and the death, yeah. Like instead of taking her to the hospital, they took her to a field, right? right? But, but it's it's also interesting because seemingly both families kind of ignored the fact that they their son or their daughter was doing drugs and um because they knew in vengeance by the end of the movie it seems like at least some of the family knew she was into drugs Mm -hmm. and they just didn't say anything about it Mm -hmm. and they were like oh of course not whereas in don't ask yeah and i don't feel at home the parents are seemingly not there like aren't a good support system um i mean the mom is on something yeah she's having right uh her comment about like I used to get hungry, I don't get hungry anymore. That that to me felt like right. indication that she's oh, yeah. on her own drugs, right? For sure, for sure. But um, she gets to stay in in the palace because her drugs are accepted and like she's behaving. And... Yeah. Uh, also, also interesting, just that in I don't feel at home, you have the antagonist from this extremely wealthy family, mm-hmm. and in. Uh, Vengeance, you have this woman kind of the catalyst, uh, the undercurrent, as mm-hmm. Jess said, of the whole movie. And she's from a seemingly lower middle class family. Mm-hmm. BJ Novak even says in Vengeance, he's like, like Texas sucks. Uh, you guys need to go somewhere where it's actually interesting and people talk about and have interesting conversations and everyone's not poor. Um, I don't know if he says a thing about everyone's not poor, but I think it's kind of insinuated. Mm -hmm. But it's like, even in this place that's seemingly a more interesting town and I don't feel at home, there are extremely bad problems. Even when you come from money and you're learned and educated, you know. Right. But then Melanie Linsky's character, she she doesn't seem like she 
is financially too well off. I mean, she seems stable yeah. enough. Yeah. But she's got kind of a shitty little car. Yeah. Old car that's, you know, piece of junk. And her home is very cute, but it's filled with a lot of old things, you know, family relics, probably mm-hmm. things that were passed along. Her yard is just kind of like fine. You know, it's it's not very well kept up. Like everything she's she's doing fine. Yeah. Her job is sustaining her, but like she's not by any means living in luxury. Yeah. And both both of these protagonists are seemingly in their mid to late thirties, single. Mm-hmm. Um, BJ Novak is seemingly having sex with different women, but uh, does not have a stable partner, which right. is nothing wrong with not having a stable partner in right. mid-30s, but it's it's very much like... I For feel him, like, it wasn't a choice. It was just kind of a... He was just going through the motions of dating yeah. to, to, I don't know, Yeah. have a lot of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say both movies have... In Vengeance, you kind of come to learn that Ashton Kutcher is this idea idealistic, educated uh, man, but also kind of has a cult almost kind of thing. He mm-hmm. He's like not quite a cult leader, but he like kind of is. He it's, like it's, could be if he wanted to. It's like very blurry. Yeah. And the same thing in I Don't Feel at Home, you have, you have the son who's in a very small cult or gang. I don't know mm-hmm. if you could call it a cult, but they're like, his like cult leader calls him I don't know, he calls him his monkeys at some point. You know, it's very like Charles Manson, you know, calling him his monkeys. They're like out in the woods. Yeah. You know, they're, they're both these kind of quasi cults in both movies, mm-hmm. um, which cults are real. But I also think it's funny that uh, it's just a very specific thing. Like yeah. it, they didn't have to be cults. They, right. they could have been like, we're a group of people and we do bad shit, but we're, which sounds like a cult. But, you know, there was something culty about well, both I, of the groups. I hear you. Saying. I hear you. And I also think that something that maybe adds some color to both of them is uh, something that is presented in Vengeance that when people have a lot of creative energy and nowhere to put it, mm-hmm. it gets transformed into conspiracies uh, drugs, communities that feel like you're being supported and heard and related to, mm-hmm. but then it quickly turns nefarious or damaging, right? Yeah. And I feel like that is applicable to the three people in I Don't Feel at Home mm-hmm. because they, uh, the, the mom, I think, says that he hangs out with some of his jail buddies. And so you kind of get this vibe that these three met in jail, something brought them together, they were bonded, and now they're all they have, Mm -hmm. you know? To each other, they're the best people in the whole world, the only people who ever understood each other, you know? But to everybody else, they're extremely scary and menaces, you know? So it's interesting to also look at the humanity of these more... Uh, traditionally evil things that grab people. I was going to bring up kind of the plots are kind of similar. We, we talked about how they're both uh, there's a person who can't get justice and the mm-hmm. police aren't helping so they take things into their own hands and it's kind of them solving this trying to solve this crime really and avenge themselves. Yeah. Uh, well and I think that's something that's interesting too about that is that 
So we watched Vengeance first. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically we watched I Don't Feel at Home first in life, but during this specific double feature, we watched Vengeance and then we watched I Don't Feel at Home afterwards. And Vengeance, right at the beginning, uh, the buddy dynamics forms Mm -hmm. and the girl's brother uh, basically says to the protagonist, like, we're going to do this the Texas way. We're going to grab a couple 45s and go find this guy. And BJ Novak's like, mm, I'm not really a gun person. Yeah. Uh, no. And it, it's, he also even, um, I, I don't remember how, but at one point he, he uh, references the Chekhov quote about a gun on stage. Oh, yeah. And how if there's a gun on stage, the gun's going to go off at right. the end of the play, or by the end of the play, rather. And uh, that becomes so interesting because in that scene in the truck when he says, I'm not really a gun person, there's there's two guns on a gun rack hanging behind him. Yeah. And then, you know, they go through this whole story and he thinks that he's, he's achieving justice through this podcast, right? And um, then obviously the story ends with him using a gun hmm. to achieve vengeance. Mm-hmm. And in I Don't Feel at Home, it very much starts out that she just wants her stuff back and she wants people to stop being assholes. That's genuinely what she wants. And and she doesn't realize the caliber of people who had stolen from her. Like, I think when she first goes and picks up her laptop, she thinks it could have just been this group of college-age kids who went in, grabbed a couple things, rolled out, right? Mm -hmm. And... She wants to give whoever took her things a talking to, which she even starts to do in that scene when she goes to get her computer. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really, she wanted, she wanted vindication. She didn't necessarily want vengeance at the beginning. But then she accidentally harms multiple people just because she's got really great self-defense and reflexes and ends up having to actually step into this more uh, physically abrasive uh vengeance seeking and achieving role also both both movies take that like more violent twist towards the 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 gory i guess it's not really gory but i don't know the the very serious uh violence right in in both movies the sidekicks kind of posture posture as hyper violent yeah whereas in uh and in vengeance boyd holbrook the the actor who plays the sidekick he like talks a big game but he does he fire a gun he Mm-mm. yeah he does bring guns with him multiple right times. but he never no which is interesting and then the same thing in but he even though we don't see him fire a gun he, he at least postures as someone who knows how to work a gun whereas elijah wood and i don't feel at home also postures as someone that knows what he's doing but then when in combat he kind of just accidentally he it's it becomes pretty apparent that he doesn't know what he's doing but he still like goes for it and kind of accidentally harms people yeah which he was trying to do but he it just like yeah he throws like a ninja star and all these Funny, funny things happen. Yeah. So the the kind of de-evolution into chaos is a similar timeline and pacing for both of those movies. That first it starts out as a more righteous uh, journey. And seemingly the sidekicks are both like the way to win 
the way to get vengeance is to beat and or kill people. Yeah. Beat up and or kill people. Whereas BJ Novak, being a podcast host, just wants to talk to people. And uh, Melanie Linsky just wants to give him a firm talking to. Right. You know. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. So they're both like, and then they eventually, accidentally or not, result uh, or come to violence. At the end of both movies, they you really get the feeling that these two people have had, as we talked about earlier, had these incredible adventures and then and they kind of they get vengeance or whatever and then they kind of realize it's almost not worth it mm-hmm. um or, or even if it was worth it they they just go back to normalcy you know that they're they're not like i'm gonna be a, a true crime podcast person forever or like he's just back on the subway in new york no huge podcast mm-hmm. in hand and she's just back sitting in her car watching the guy in the truck be an asshole and pollute the environment yes yeah, so, so they both kind of go back to this mun- mundane lifestyle that they started with the same thing that i think they're kind of trying to get away from or that they think is what's wrong yeah and it's like this this is kind of they went on this grand external escapade yeah. but it, at the very end the external of their lives are the exact same yeah and what's changed is how they feel about it Mm -hmm. how much more fulfilled they are right and it is kind of like especially with vengeance uh it's it's tangibly for not you know like nothing comes of his grand escapade externally physically tangibly yeah um and in a sense like uh, Melanie Linsky's character in I Don't Feel at Home, like, she gets her stuff back. But, like you just said, her life isn't any different. Yeah. Or better, tangibly, externally. Right. But she's got a new friend, a new, like, sense of self, and him too. It just, like... B.J. Novak? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's BJ also Novak got, too. like, a new friend, and he, he comes to, I think, realize that... Uh, they, they're really good people in in Texas with, with all their shortcomings or different uh, differing opinions you know they they have their their strong comings right yeah and that that if you if you let yourself connect with people from other demographics than your own uh, as people and not as notions mm-hmm. or opinions or preconceptions then you can achieve great connection and, and new family and and new places which is pretty cool right like you said earlier it's it's actually a deeply profound movie <laughs> oh yeah i mean they both are yeah. but i feel like i thought of something that i can't believe we haven't said yet oh it's pretty short but like they are both working off of footprints footprints are such pivotal. oh yeah you're right uh breadcrumbs For sure. on the trail. Yeah, and the police in, in both in both movies are they're like, I found this footprint and in vengeance they're like, Oh, a cowboy boot? Take call out looking for anyone who's got a cowboy boot, which they're in Texas, so everyone has cowboy boots. <laughs> and in the other movie, the cop is like... Doesn't he say, so we're looking for a perp who has scrambled eggs for yeah. feed? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. In both, there's kind of the runaround of the law 
and of the job requirement of law enforcement not extending beyond basically the bare minimum. And something like this is, I think, part of what's wrong with law enforcement, which like, I don't know, but so much about law enforcement, but it, they seemingly, their hands are tied like pretty immediately yeah. and they're not gonna be able to help you. Like they can put it in your file or you, like they just can't do anything. There's no incentive to follow up. Right, and it's like, oh, that's not our jurisdiction, it's theirs or uh, it's there's, run around and red tape and there's something better somebody else just got like murdered so this isn't that important mm -hmm. for us but then at the same time they're like pulling people over for jaywalking um, <laughs> which doesn't happen in the movies it's just uh, but it happens in real life it does it's just yeah it's stupid um, it's like some things are worth their time more right. their time and well it depends on if if they're yeah if they're doing something or not right if they're bored they'll invent a crime yeah but if there's things to do they're too busy to help people who had crimes uh, perpetrated against them uh -huh. that scene in I don't feel at home when he says like essentially your burglary doesn't really matter as much as the other things on our plate um, is interesting too because it it I feel like points to the fact that like everybody who the, the cops are dealing with is having like the worst day of their life essentially you know mm, interesting like to her this is this is really important yeah and like they should be helping her but they don't and so she takes matters into her own hands right and into her friends hands and her friends dogs pause both movies have a figure who is maybe posturing as involved in like a greater uh, syndicate, crime syndicate, or, or maybe they are involved, but they also know that it has to look like, like they're uh, to be feared and not to be fucked with. In Vengeance, there's the drug dealer who basically says I'm fine people thinking I killed her because it might give me more street cred right with the cartel um, and then in I don't feel at home the antagonist's father is a lawyer which his wife says that way to imply that he's not just a lawyer and he's got a safe in his fireplace and a bodyguard and all the kind of things to point to him perhaps being involved in something bigger than himself. Interesting. But then just like he said in the safe there wasn't there wasn't any like secret treasure or money or or like incriminating documents or crazy weapons. It was literally just their passports and and like birth certificates and yeah. social security cards. I think maybe one gun, but Yeah, it's like a, little, a small gun. Yeah. yeah. And in both of those, I feel like they, they're kind of used as red herrings in the plot, uh -huh. where you think that they're gonna factor in a lot more. And then they both end up kind of being dead ends, who really don't factor in that much in the grander plot anyway. Mm -mm. Yeah, they're totally kind of red herrings. Because everybody's talking about them like yeah. they're gonna be the piece of this the puzzle. Is the key. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we haven't covered every parallel between these two movies. So if we missed any specific ones, feel free to reach out to us on social and let us know what you noticed about these movies, as always. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all we got for these two. 
Thanks for watching these parallel pictures with us. Want to be in the know about the next lineup? Follow us on social media at Split Prison Productions. If you have any epiphanies about this week's double feature, we'd love to hear from you. Please rate and subscribe to the show so that we can reach more people with our pairings. This episode was produced and edited by Split Prism Productions.